0: Hey y'all, welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports Podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, October 28th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week. Then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right. So it is another busy week in the sports world as college football. It is officially week one. But as usual, we're going to get started with some MLB baseball with this week's updates. And from now on, we're not going to go as in depth as I have been going because we're going to have a lot more stuff to cover as, like I said, football has officially started. So for the last week, though, we start on Monday with an improbable in-park home run by Phillies star Bryce Harper, and pitcher Nola had a strong seven innings to win for the team 10-4. Anytime there is an in-park home run, we have to say it just because it's that unusual. The Mariners take their 7th and 8th win by beating the White Sox 14-2 on Monday and then 16-3 on Tuesday, but then fall to them to end their consecutive winning streak on Wednesday in extra innings. The Diamondbacks upset the Rangers in the 11th inning with a big two-run double after a lackluster first eight innings Padres Hong Sung Kim had a killer day with a grand slam a double he stole third and scored twice to beat the Marlins six to two The Blue Jays upset the Orioles, scoring three runs in the 10th. The Yankees lost their ninth straight game to the Nationals on Tuesday for the first time, like nine straight losses, since 1982. That would be their last loss in this streak, however, as they beat Washington the next day to put that ugly streak behind them. Ray's shortstop Bayesabee had a first major league home run, and it was a grand slam to put the Rockies away 12-4. to They would need an extra inning to beat them the next day, though. The Red Sox needed their three-run home run in the 10th to beat the Astros on Wednesday. Otani had his 44th home run against the Reds, but left the mound early, and therefore they lost 9-4. He will not pitch again this season. The Diamondbacks have six straight wins, including putting away the Rangers. That streak would end Saturday, though, in the 11th inning against the Reds. The Rangers lost eight in a row to drop out of first place in the American League West to the Mariners. The Braves pitcher Strider becomes the first to get to 15 wins after they beat the Giants on Friday 5-1. The Mariners destroyed the Royals 15-2 on Saturday. The Rangers ended their losing streak by scoring four runs in the ninth to come back to beat the Twins 6-2. Braves third baseman Austin Riley hit his 30th home run of the season to help the Braves put up seven against the Giants the Padres end the week with eight wins in a row after sweeping the Rangers the Twins now granted that was only two games but still and the Padres this week Astros pitcher Verlander faced former Tigers team and put on a clinic they won 17 to four the Bats beat the Angels three to two on Sunday to stop their four-game skid. On that same note, the Rockies stopped their six-game losing streak, beating the Orioles four to three. The Guardians upset the Blue Jays, winning 10 to seven in the 11th inning. Marlins DH Jorge Solier hit his 35th home run in the Marlins' win over the Nationals in a close one, two to one. And then just when you think I was done with Rangers news, their game versus the twins on Sunday was a marathon going 13 innings. The twins came back to win seven to six after being down five runs. Yikes. So it is not going well for the Rangers, but the end of season is scheduled to be October 1st. So we are coming to the end of the season, and that means we should start seeing playoffs clinched and competitions really heat up for those wild card spots. No one has clinched yet, but we do have four teams that are over the 80 win mark. In the American League, it's the Orioles and the Rays, and in the National League, it is the Braves and the Dodgers. Also in baseball news, the Little League World Series, Concluded yesterday with California winning over Curacao in a walk-off, home-run fashion that truly only dreams are made of. Little tiny bit of basketball news, an update on Bronny James. It appears that he suffered a cardiac arrest due to a congenital heart defect that was identified by Cedars-Sinai Medical Center. This doesn't tell us a ton because that term is really general, meaning the abnormality of the heart structure has been present since birth, and that led to unusual development. But moral of that story, and a good part of that story, is he is expected back on the court soon. And, of course, we had to get to some football as it is officially here, y'all. Week zero was great. It was great and all. But let's be real. Seven games just doesn't cut it. So I'm going to go over a couple really quick, and then we're going to move on to week one. Number six, USC handled San Jose State. They pulled away in the third quarter, and Caleb Williams didn't play in the fourth. To be honest, probably should have handled it a little bit easier than that, but it is game zero. Number 13, Notre Dame destroyed Navy in Ireland in the Aer Lingus Classic. They won 42 to 3. And yes, those three points were in the fourth quarter by Navy, and that was the only points they scored. Vanderbilt was the only other Power 5 team in action, and they beat Hawaii 35 to 28 at home. Again, week one games start Thursday. Rumors are still up in the air about realignment as the ACC is still talking about taking Cal, Stanford and SMU. SMU has said they would forgo their shares of the media rights and Cal and Stanford would take a significant discount. And that would basically spread out more money across the ACC schools, making it more attractive to bring in those three. So still hearing rumors even after the August 15th deadline. So we will see what continues to happen there. Arizona State has self-imposed a bowl ban on themselves this year to show the NCAA that they are taking recruiting violations that happened during Herm Edwards very seriously. And this is so big of them, considering they probably were not going to reach a bowl game this year anyway, as their over-under win total currently sits at 4.5. It is still a little ridiculous, however, because this did happen during the COVID year of Herm Edwards. It was recruiting violations that happened during the COVID period, And now another team, which half of these players weren't even there, is scheduled to take kind of the brunt of it. So that does actually suck, Um, even though it's really just for show, as like I said, they aren't expected to make a bowl game anyway. And then just a little bit on the NFL side is there are no more preseason NFL games because we are getting geared up for season now. Season begins September 7th with the Lions at the Chiefs. Finishing up the PGA Tour season because the FedEx Cup is now officially over as the Tour Championship ended on Sunday. And for the second year in a row, Scotty Scheffler went in as number one and did not win. Norway's Victor Hovland has been playing lights out lately, and this week was absolutely no different. He started the event in second place behind Scotty Scheffler, and that means he started already eight under par. Scotty was in first at 10 under, so only a two-shot lead. And then Victor Hovland shot 19 under par for a total score of 27. He won by five strokes over Xander Schauffele. Hovland won the BMW championship just last week to put him in prime position to take this tournament. He also won the Memorial this year as well to bring his total PGA Tour wins to six. Tiniest bit of motorsports news is that Kurt Busch officially retired on Saturday at the age of 45. He said farewell in tears and he is the 2004 NASCAR champion. All right. We got a lot of Olympic news to go over as Track and field world championships ended last night after eight to nine days of competition. And man, it was just purely an amazing appetizer, a mouche-bouche, whatever you want to call it, for the Paris 2024 Olympics. We brought home 12 titles, that means golds, and 29 medals total. Fittingly, the final medal that was given out during the World Championships was for the women's high jump, and it was claimed by a Ukrainian who is obviously representing her country during this extremely trying time as they are invaded by Russia. But let's start with the pole vault, and we had some crazy action in the women's pole vault. United States Katie Moon, aka used to be Katie Najat, and Australian Nina Kennedy were jump for jump, and you could tell the heat was just getting to both of them, and they were just Gassed. And so in a show of sportsmanship, they went literally like exactly jump for jump. No, mi- like the same number of misses and everything. They decided to split the gold medal and both be world champ instead of having a jump off. This is Katie's second time to be world champ. There was also a tie in the men's uh, pole vault for the American and actually an Australian. United States Christopher Nielsen tied for the bronze this time, not the gold, with Australian Curtis Marshall. To no one's surprise, Swede Stuplantis won the entire competition and went for the world record his own that he was going to break. Ultimately didn't get it. He won with a height four inches lower than the world record, however. The United States got their first ever world title in the women's discus, and it wasn't the favorite and Olympic champ Valerie Allman. It was Loggy Tusaga who PR'd to get herself into the final at 65.5 meters and then PR's again on throw five with a further four meters to 69.49 to steal first place. Allman threw 69 meters as well, but it was a shorter 69 meters and got second. So the United States takes gold and silver. Remember remember, we talked about the 100 meter last week where the United States scored both with Noah Lyles taking the men's and Shakari Richardson taking the women's. Well, this time Jamaica's Sharika Jackson was not to be denied twice. She came out of the blocks ready for revenge and she got it in the women's 200. She beat the entire field by point. 4 seconds. That is the second largest margin ever in this event since Allison Felix won in 2005 by 0.5. United States Gabby Thomas got second and Shakari Richardson got bronze. All three first first, second and third ran sub 22. Undoubtedly, the breakout star of this world championships was Noah Lyles. He was the two-time world champion in the 200 coming in, but wanted the fastest man title and came in trying to do the 100 meter, 200 meter double. We all know he did it in the 100 and he dominated in the 200 as well, winning by an easy 0.2 seconds. American Arian Knighton got silver at just the age of 19. And Botswana's Tobogo, who got silver in the 100, got third in the 200. The United States ultimately went first, third, and fifth in the men's 200. So not too shabby there, although we didn't win the gold in the women's side. Chase Ely won the women's shot put and took home the gold with a season's best throw for her second world title. The United States swept that event in the men's and women's for the second time in world championship history. We did have some big upsets I do want to cover, as Jamaican Watsons won the men's 400 meters, becoming the first Jamaican to take the top spot in the full lap race for the first time since 1983. That is the first year of world championships. We literally have not seen a Jamaican at the top since then. The favorite in the event did go down in semifinals with a cramp, however, and he is not American anyway. Jamaican also this time, a woman Williams won the women's 100 meter hurdles. She was the 2015 world champion, but was not expected to win here against a super stacked field. She is only the fourth woman ever to be a two time world champ in this event. Puerto Rico's Camacho Quinn got silver and United States Kenny Harrison got bronze. And then also in what happens, I I think is the biggest upset of the entire games is the United States, a thing Mo hadn't lost an 800 meter final in years and never as a pro until Sunday. She had taken some time off, and so four U.S. nationals was one of the only 800 she had run all year, as we had had back-to-back-to-back years of Worlds and Olympics, and she really just needed a break. But she still looked really at ease during the rounds, so prelims and semifinals, but she just had nothing left when Kenya and Great Britain challenged at the end of the race. We had three in the final and only Came home with bronze. That bronze did go to a thing, mo, But it was truly a huge upset. But going back to it, the United States swept the 4 by 100 meter relays for the first time since 2007. The men looked great with less than solid passes, of the, but all were in the exchange zones, and they got it to Lyles' hands. Again, it was Noah Lyles for the final 100 meters, and it was all over. They beat Italy, and Jamaica wake up the final podium. The women had solid passes and set a championship record with their time. Shikari Richardson, the other 100-meter world champion, was the anchor and had to hold off Sharika Jackson again, but managed it. Jamaica and then Great Britain round out the podium for the women. Three teams either DNF'd or were DQ'd in the women's side of that race, which is pretty crazy. The U.S. men also took home the 4x400 meter relay by a full 1.14 seconds over France and Great Britain. India also made their first final in that event ever, which guarantees them a spot in the Olympics next year because of it. They finished 5th. The women's was a tale of two women, basically, as United States Hughes was the hero of the mixed four-by-400-meter relay, beating Netherlands Femme Kabul at the line, who ended up falling. However, it was Hughes this time who was the downfall to the women's team, as the women DQ'd in the prelims after they exchanged the baton outside the exchange zone. Fittingly, Netherlands Femme Kabul ran down Jamaica, who had led almost the entire race to get their first world world title in the event for Netherlands, then it was Jamaica, and then Great Britain for the women. It is, look, this is a hashtag girlfriend hit here. This is so unusual to see a DQ because of exchange zones in the 4x4. The reason because it is a, actually, it is not a blind exchange. So you actually get to look and see the baton to exchange it, Unlike in the 100 meter, 4x100 meter, where it's a blind exchange where you're actually like shooting your hand backwards and you don't get to see it, this is completely open. You get to actually put your hand out, take the baton, see yourself, grab it, and then move. It was a fumble for the baton and just completely something we hadn't seen in apps in years and probably won't see again in years. I also won't go ahead and read off every other United States medal, but for more, check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports. I do have a couple other headlines um, for other countries, and I also have um, the, the events that we actually didn't even make the podium. The only events we didn't make the final were the men's javelin and the women's 4x400 meter relay. So those quick uh, stories for other countries is this is the first world championship for Canada in the 800 meter dash for AROP. This is the first medal in track and field for Pakistan as they won silver in the men's javelin. It is the first world championship title for an Indian man ever as well. He won in the men's jav. He also has the most, it's Chopra by the way, he has the most followers on, on uh, social media at 6.8 million. So sometimes, you know, there is a positive to being from a huge co- country like that. And then Kenya's Faith Kipyugan three-peats in the women's 1500 meter and wins that for obviously for the third time in a row. Canada had a great world championships taking home four world championship titles and six medals total. Before that, the most titles they had ever had at a world championships was two. And then kind of taking a step back from track and field, as we also had U.S. Nationals for Women's and Men's Gymnastics this weekend, Simone Biles won her eighth U.S. Nationals title, which is the most of any gymnast ever man or woman. And the competition was fierce with 58 world and olympic champion world and olympic medals between the women, including Suni Lee and Jordan Childs, although Jordan Childs actually fell on two separate apparatuses, which I thought was really unusual. So, Biles still won by 3.9 points. World Championships will be in Belgium, September 30th through October 8th. And I will say Simone Biles is also keeping it pretty close to the vest on if she wants to compete in Paris this year. It is obviously hoped, but she's taking that kind of seriously at the moment and keeping it a secret. And then quickly, the U.S. Open in tennis begins today. Alcaraz and Schweitek are the defending champs and are both currently ranked number one. So that's what happened over the last week. Now let's go over what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. And I will say there's a lot less going on because college football is on TV. Monday, you can catch the Pirates at the Royals at seven ten on Fox Sports One. Then no other MLB game is on mainstream TV until Saturday. Either the Twins at the Rangers or the Phillies at the Brewers at six fifteen on Fox. Sunday, the Phillies play the Brewers at twelve oh five on Peacock, and then the Yankees take on the Astros at six on ESPN. I'm also going to go over Monday's schedule as it is Labor Day. So I will not be doing my normal scheduled event on Monday. I will be doing it on Tuesday. So Monday, the Orioles play the Angels at 838 to be very specific on Fox Sports 1. Okay, and obviously it is week one for college football. For those of you who are new to listening to the podcast, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, I always do a top 25 games of the week, but I pick usually four to five-ish games that are the best quote-unquote matchups of the week. You'll always find ranked versus ranked matchups, and those are the only ones I'm going to go over in the weekly update. But if you do want to see every single top 25 Um, game that's going to be played this weekend as well as their lines and where and when to watch it that will be on the blog the girlfriend's guide to sports go under football and you'll see top 25 games as well so for week one the top games that I think are worth watching is Florida versus Utah on Thursday Utah is ranked 14th in the country and they're playing Thursday August 31st at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Utah is favored by six and a half. Also, Deion Sanders and his Colorado Buffs take on number 17 TCU on Saturday at 11 a.m. They will play on Fox. TCU is favored by 20 and a half. And then number 21, UNC, will take on South Carolina in the game day game of the day. They will play at 6.30 p.m. on ABC. UNC is favored by two and a half. And then number five, LSU, also favored by two and a half over number eight, Florida State. So a huge matchup right off the bat on Sunday night of Labor Day, 6.30 on ABC. It is going to be absolutely killer. These are two teams that are supposed to be able to go for the college football playoff, facing off week one. We are so lucky to be alive, and it is so lucky to be college football season. Moving along, as you can tell, I'm really excited. No PGA Tour Tournament this week as the PGA season has ended. So we move on to motorsports on Sunday. Formula One, the Italian Grand Prix takes place at 8 on ESPN. And then MotoGP, the Spanish Grand Prix, is at 1230 on NBC. No Olympic sports on TV as well. I told you this is a much more cut down week due to football being back. That tends to happen. And then we have got some soccer games, mostly Premier Leagues, Friday and Saturday and Sunday. And then, believe it, like I said, U.S. Open tennis begins today, round one, at 6 p.m. on ESPN. Rounds one will finish out tomorrow at 11 and then at 6, also on ESPN. Round two, you can catch on Wednesday and Thursday at 11 a.m. and then 6 p.m. Friday, round three, along with Saturday at 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. on ESPN and ESPN 2. Sunday then catch round of 16 starting Sunday and then continuing Monday at 10 a.m. on ESPN moving over to ESPN 2 at 5 p.m. That wraps it up for me this week y'all there are there is more on the blog the girlfriend's guide to sports more track and field which I know y'all got enough of but also all the top 25 games for college football as I only put a select few on the podcast But it is week one of college football. It is Labor Day weekend. So y'all have a wonderful time. And I will catch y'all next week. The Weekly Update.